It's the Sunday Cafe with Roman Travis on Magic Talk. And time to get your naughty little dog sorted. Often the dog isn't naughty, by the way. It's often just our inability to tell it what we really want it to do. Darren Rowe is from Mindfulness for Dogs. Morning, Darren. Roman. How are you doing? I'm, I'm great, and, and I can't believe Christmas was so long oh, ago. No. I know. Look, <laughs> don't go there. Honestly, I had two days off, I think, but I, I, I had a good time. I need to tell you a little story. Oh, okay. It's yeah. not a good story. Oh, really? Yeah, I've got a brother in Wellington who intervened recently without going into huge detail. He heard a dog being beaten, and he said the oh, wow. sound was clearly a huge distress. Yeah. And so he confronted the guy who was doing the beating, um, long story short, he said to the guy, you're lucky you're hiding in your ute, otherwise I'd be dealing to you. Oh it God. was just just horrible. Why is it That's that people terrible, it? beat their dogs up? I think it's ignorance, isn't it? People, um, they don't think that these animals have feelings and they, it's just need for control, I guess, of the animal. It's not doing what it's meant to be doing. Mm. Um, if it's a business dog, I guess, like a working dog, it has to do what it's told, therefore we have to make it do it. And, and when we're maybe not very confident ourselves, maybe... We may have been abused ourselves even, I don't know, mm. that we feel we can do that with the dogs. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's Look, not I've, good seen though, it. It? I've seen it over the years working on farms. And don't get me wrong, most farmers love their dogs. Totally. I've, yeah. I've seen young shepherds who don't know how to teach their dogs, short chain the dog to a fence and use a waddy, an alkathene pipe, yeah. to beat the dog. <clears throat> Is, that just says that you haven't got the ability to train the dog, right? Completely, yeah, and it's more of a, a lack of yourself. I think it's very old school, isn't it? You beat the dog in submission and the dog does everything that it wants or you want it to do, but what's happening is living in fear for the rest of his life. Mm. I mean, the poor dog, I mean, can't imagine living in fear all your life like that. No, be awful, no. wouldn't it? Yeah, that's how I live my life. <clears throat> yeah. 0800 844 747 is the number here. If you've got any questions around your dog's behaviour or training type <coughs> regimes, give me a call and have a chat with Darren. Now, speaking of that, there's someone you want to speak about who's on his way to New Zealand? Yeah, it's quite controversial at the moment. If you've been um, checking the news, uh, all different radio stations, a lot of the big papers have picked this up now. There's a guy called Jeff Gilman, I think that's how you pronounce his name, that's coming to New Zealand to do workshops. And he's talking about what you've been talking about there. He's a very controversial, abusive sort of dog trainer in a lot of the techniques that he uses mm. that don't really fit into the, well, certainly into the force-free, fear-free kind of environment that I want to work in. And I think it's a, again, it goes down to that ignorance. People need to be aware of some things get results, but it doesn't mean it's right you know, mm. and, and this is one of those situations. Mm. So is this just you because you're Darren Rowe, mindfulness for dogs, who, who doesn't like someone else and what they're <laughs> doing because it's different? What are your objections? Yeah, so so certainly um, there's an element of that myself that I, I certainly don't want to be um, promoting something that is abusive or negative to dogs. But there's a whole body organisation, I've probably mentioned this a few times, the Association of Pet Dog Trainers, there's the SPCA, there's the Companion Animal Society in New Zealand, there's MPI, and there are certain rules and laws about abusing animals when you're training, mm. not using excess force. Um, the Association of Pet Dog Trainers is certainly um, an organisation I'm a member of, I'm an endorsed trainer for them, and they put a statement out this week about this chap and about why we shouldn't really be training with him. How violent are his methods? Oh, I, I was watching some of his videos this week and, and, and actually I was crying and I stopped watching them in the end because it was too distressing for me. Um, he uses things like prong collars and we kind of mentioned that last year, didn't we, about the pinch collars, they call them, yeah. where they, they kind of like really pinch. And, and man, he, he was explaining how fantastic his results are. Well, the poor dog was screaming with pain on some of his videos and he just ignored it. Um, also, he's, he's got this thing called um, towel bonking. <laughs> <laughs> which What's is, that? Well, when the dog's not doing what it's told, he, he violently throws a towel at the dog's head 
and what? knocks. I know. I don't quite understand the the rationale behind it. And then the dog behaves. And the the scary thing for me was when I was watching one of the videos. And I think it was based in America. All the audience were laughing when this dog got hit on what? the head with his towel. And the poor dog, if you knew anything about behavior, um, animal behavior, you could see this dog was completely distressed. Clearly, he didn't. He sounds like a nut job. Well, <laughs> honestly. Well, this is very interesting, isn't it? It's, um, from listening to you over the last couple of years, I know now, and, and to be honest, I have hit dogs in the past because I thought I needed to do that to beat them to submission. Not violently, mm. but, you know, a decent sort of whack on the, the bum. It's or having something. that awareness, isn't it, that there are other ways, there are exactly. better ways to, to train dogs. All right. 0800 844 if you'd like to text. It's much better to call and have a chat with Darren. Now, you're my guest, but you've got a guest as well. I have, yes. Um, we've uh, I've talked about the Association of Pet Dog Trainers. I've got Mark Weaver, who's the chairman of the Association of Pet Dog Trainers on the line. Oh, g'day, Mark. G'day, guys. How's it going? Good, good. Hi, Mark. How are you? Yeah, good, thanks, Darren. It's good to hear from you again. You've had a busy week, haven't you? Uh, yeah, it's, it's been quite busy. There's been a, a, quite a few emails bouncing around all over the place, to be fair. Yeah, it's, it's really picked up some traction during the week, which is good to see. Um, what's your um, main uh, sort of views on this, your main objections, and, and how would you sort of talk to, your, talk to the, the people that are wanting dogs to be trained, really? How would you explain not to do this? Um, well, well, I guess there's a, there's a couple of levels, and, and part of this is um, the approaches that Mr Gelman's using are, I guess, um, traditional dog training, shall we call it, and, and very old school. And the world's moved on a long way um, since these, these sort of methods were proposed or were, were, were in common use. And there's much better ways of training your dog. And I guess, um, like yourself, Darren, I, I do some work with um, rescue organisations yeah. and we see the fallout from these training methods with um, essentially dogs that are broken um, yeah. emotionally. And um, it just creates um, fearful dogs, reactive dogs, and I guess it perpetuates the myth that you need to punish your dog in order to get the behaviour that you want out of it. Yeah, that's right. Uh, we think there's much better ways of doing, you know, of training a dog. Yeah, and we're still seeing the fallout from the old alpha role, aren't we? I can't imagine now oh. how many people are going to be throwing towels at their dogs all the time. Yeah, well, it's, it's um, the interesting thing about that video, and, and there's a petition going around that's being signed and there's a video attached to it, and the, the thing that strikes me as uh, interesting, I mean, it's, it's a terrible act, act that he does, mm. But he um, throws this tightly rolled up towel down at full force on this dog's head. But he won't go in and pick up the towel. He sort no. of reaches his foot out and sort of tries to pull it back. There's no way he's going to go near that dog to pick it up because he knows what's likely to happen. <laughs> and then he's... But he doesn't doesn't raise that risk with anybody. He doesn't. If you knew, that, if you knew anything about the dog behaviour, you'd see that that dog would have bitten him. Simple as that. Oh, yeah, really? The whole signals yep. there were, yeah. Clearly. Hey, Mark, Mark, it's Roman Travers here. Can I just ask you what it is? What's the association with the towel and why throw it at the dog's head? Um, well, the towel is essentially a punisher. It's like in the, in the, the old days, you know, smacking a child hmm. um, using a belt or a spoon or your hand. It's, it's, it's just the same thing of applying force to a dog to punish it for what he deems the dog is doing something wrong. I guess the, the reason he uses a towel is because if you chuck it at the dog, he's hoping that the dog's going to bite the towel and not him, you know, if, <laughs> if the dog reacts. Mm. Um, I, I, 
the the approach that our organisation use and all and the progressive trainers you know in New Zealand and around the world use are exactly the same approaches that you can use on wild animals. Uh, you know, he wouldn't do that with a lion or a tiger or a bear or something like that. No, um, maybe he should. But, you know, well, <laughs> maybe he should. But you know, the, the approaches that that our trainers use um, are the same ones that are used by the the wild animal trainers. Um, they are safe to use and they get results. Um, I, I guess the the challenge is that they they require a bit more thinking. Yeah. Okay. You, know, you need Tom. to understand the animals a bit more to well, be able to use them. One of the things I noticed on the videos, and I saw a couple of videos, there was another little black um, Labrador that he did the same kind of thing, mm-hmm. and he there was no regard at all for the owner. Now he's just whacked this dog on the head. This dog has gone into a fear state, likely to be aggressive. That's the owner was in probably in a very difficult position there, and there was no concern for that at all. No. No. And that was really yeah, concerning the, for me. The, the, the problem with applying punishment is you never know what what you think you're punishing the dog for may not be what the dog thinks it's doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's um, right. Hey, Mark, in then, terms of the legalities around this, this guy's clearly allowed to come to New Zealand and it seems as though he's going to be allowed to run whatever courses he runs. What sort of... What are the ramifications for someone who's caught punishing a dog in a way that's deemed to be cruel? Um, well, it's a bit tricky, really. I guess the the um, Ministry for Primary Industries puts out a, a code of welfare for dogs, which talks about you know what you can and can't do. It's fairly general in, mm-hmm. in some areas, um, but it does have a minimum standard to say that you know training aids must not be used in a way that causes unreasonable or unnecessary pain or distress to the dog. I guess the the issue is someone coming into New Zealand like that. Until he does something, he probably is, is you know hasn't broken the law, and he's only here for a couple of days. So that by the time it gets mm. through the process, um, he's probably on a plane and out of here. Mm. Did, did, is MPI? Um, I can't remember if I read it right, but they they don't actually agree with the prong collars. Is that, is that um, yeah, legally? Yeah, you're yeah. not allowed to use prong collars. Um, yeah. So I wonder if there's a case because he's openly um, on the YouTube and everything saying that he promotes prong collars, whether that's something that should be looked at. Maybe it is, yeah. but I think the, the situation with these is if the person comes despite their views, um, if, they, if they don't do anything, if he doesn't bring a prong collar or use yeah, a prong collar, so. then there's probably nothing that can be done yeah. from a, a legal point of view. Yeah. It's, it's more a... The position of our organisation is to inform the public of what this guy does and why they shouldn't be attending his seminar. Yeah, definitely. All right, Mark. Hey, look, lovely of you to have the time this morning to speak with us. Thank you. Awesome, Mark. Appreciate no it. No problems at all. Cheers. That's Mark, good day. Mark Weaver, the chairman of <coughs> APDTNZ. What does that stand for? It's the Association of Pet Dog Trainers New Zealand. Brilliant. Okay. More on this in a moment. And also your calls and your concerns. What's happening with your own animal? If you'd like to have some expertise from Darren, you can get it for free now. 0800 844 747, 17 past nine. 18 past 9, 0800 844 747. You might have a question for Darren Rowe from Mindfulness for Dogs. By the way, he's not just a man who appears here regularly on the, on the Sunday Cafe. You can get him to come to your place. And I want to tell you just what an impact you've had on my favourite dog in the world, Izzy the Waimarana. <laughs> she is such a gorgeous dog. <laughs> for those who didn't hear the story, Darren spent about an hour with Amanda, the dog's owner, and me, and Izzy. She's just a lovely, lovely dog, but she loves to drag you everywhere. She's full of beans, <laughs> a bit like me, really. 
So Darren put her onto this harness type system and had a very soft rope through the harness just gently around the dog's chest. I, within a minute or less, less than a minute, she wasn't pulling. Now, yes. how did you make that work? It's all about the, the physics, really, of the walk and how that um, how the pressures are on the dog. It's quite interesting talking about prong collars and things like that, that mm. we feel the need that we have to control the dog around the neck. Actually, that's the worst place in the world to put a lead. Mm. It's, a, it's probably, physics-wise, it's the worst place for a dog to have a lead attached. So when you use a harness and you use it correctly, you can get the dog to walk perfectly just by using physics against you, central gravity and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, look, I'm not just saying this because Darren's a nice guy or because I need to. <laughs> but I am. Yeah. It, it just worked. <laughs> and it didn't just work because it was Amanda. It worked with me as well. She didn't want to pull, which was just yeah, so nice to that's see. that's right. It just made the walk really enjoyable for a dog. So... They're yeah. happy to do it like that. Yeah. yeah, all right. Hey, 0800 844 747. There's still time to get that call in and get some <laughs> advice. G'day, Suzette. How are you? Oh, hi. Hi, Suzette. Uh, hi. Um, I'm passionate about animals, generally. Sounds and good. dogs in particular. And I've witnessed a lot of dog abuse in my lifetime. Yeah. And I, I just ring the police straight off. Um Dogs and cars and the heat you know, <laughs> parked out there in the car park when the people go into the supermarket and people walking their dogs on hot pavements. It's just absolute ignorance and cruelty. It makes me very angry. I, I don't... Oh, I think um, yes. sometimes people... Is, I wouldn't say that your pet owner is being cruel. I don't think they... I think, again, it's down to education. They just don't think it's a problem. And popping into a well, shop for five know. minutes. Yeah, but popping into a shop, if you ask people that have done that, popping into a shop for five minutes, they don't think it's a problem. Um, more, they more go in... into the supermarket for half an hour or more. Yeah. And the dogs are crying because, <clears throat> you know, their kidneys fail. They can't sweat. And so they're yeah, panting no. away. It's, it's a horrible thing. It's a shame that you've witnessed that. I think um, the the only people that can officially break the windows are the actual um, dog control. So if you ever witness that, you have to phone dog control there and then, and they will come as a priority out and sort that out. But they are the only people yeah. legally, I think the traffic wardens can as well, they're the only people legally that are allowed to smash the windows, as far as I'm aware. Um, my information oh. might be out of date, I'm not sure. Have you smashed um, a few windows, Suzette? Yeah. They leave the window open, you know, six inches, but yeah. there's no breeze going through, <coughs> and that's what they need. I think the Some bigger problem... Breeze. The bigger problem you touched on there is actually the concrete. Um, I see so many dogs yes. with burnt paws, and people don't think about oh, that. They yes. they take their dog for a walk because they want to go to the coffee shop or something, but it's just, yeah, that pavement can go to like 50, 60, 70 degrees sometimes. Yeah, and that's thanks. just way too much. Thanks, Suzette. How, is it, if you can't hold your hand on a footpath, you um, shouldn't walk your dog? I, I do the baby test, so I use my elbow right. because that's the more sensitive part of your body. And, and then, yeah, you'll, you'll see how much burn. But hold it for four seconds. Don't wow. just like put it there and take it off. Your elbow, you've got to get right down on the footpath. Well, you know, you know when you do the baby water test? Yeah. You do your elbow? Yeah, that's, that's the way I go on it because it's sensitive. Yeah, but well, hold it for a few seconds. Actually, when you're testing it? milk... In a oh, okay. bottle, it's your wrist. Oh, well, there you yeah, go. Yeah, there we go. Maybe oh, that's right. a better one, yeah. 0800 844 747. Look, it might be the simplest thing that your dog's doing a bit wrong, like, I don't know, whatever, dominating the couch and growling <laughs> at your grandchildren or children, that sort of stuff, not good behaviour. And Darren can help with that. 0800 844 747. Hey, Graham, thank you for texting. Graham says, I've had working dogs for years. I've never hit my dogs when one of them misbehaves. I lock them up until the next day. The dog knows it did something wrong. And the next day, that's how I discipline my dog. 
I got shown that when I was very young how to train working dogs. They're clever learners, and most of their commands come through my body language. Yeah, very much so. Um, I do agility with the working dogs. We'll come back to one of the things he said, but um, I do agility with my working dogs, and most of the actions, turning them left and right, are just body language because they're, they're, they're really good at reading our body language. Mm. Um, going back to the I tell my dog off and put it away, um, I would sort of argue whether your dog actually has any concept of... Um, putting those two together I would probably say your dog just has a habit that mm. when he does something if you don't like it he goes away whether he puts it together I don't think so really no. um, but most most farmers will put their dogs away when they're not working because they've got a very strong prey drive or a very strong working drive and they get themselves into trouble if they're not okay <laughs> alright so <clears throat> you're running workshops and seminars you work one on one what's the most common thing you see here in New Zealand that we're doing wrong with our dogs whether well, they're working dogs or pets yeah well interesting enough um, apart from the, the sort of general sort of jumping up I would say aggression on a lead hmm. and that, that does unfortunately come back to the way that we're teaching so having the, particularly these type of trainers coming in <coughs> um, <coughs> oh sorry um, having the, the, the collar the, the harness uh, sorry the, the lead on the, harn- on the collar pulling that lead when the dog's pushing forward mm-hmm. creating that negativity and that pain really because mm-hmm. I don't know about you but if you had a collar on and I pulled that lead it's going to hurt right mm-hmm. we forget that dogs that it hurts the dog yeah um, one, one thing for people to think about when your dog's pulling on the lead and you're pulling back and your dog keeps pulling and we say he just doesn't learn it's trying to get away it yeah. doesn't like the pain no, so it doesn't realise if it comes close to you, it doesn't get the pain. It's trying to get away. All right, a couple of calls <laughs> coming through. You've got time to get yours in as well. Don't be shy. It's 0800 Wendy, g'day. What sort of dog have you got? A Rottweiler. Oh, nice. Oh, good morning, Wendy. What a beautiful dog. He is, <laughs> he is beautiful. Yeah. How, how old is he? He's five now. Okay. yeah. Um, he's absolutely great-natured and everything, but the biggest problem I have is walking him... <clears throat> Um, he drags me off everywhere, <laughs> every pole, every tree. Um, yeah, I'm about 50 k's. He's um, well, about 70. He's about 64. <laughs> yes. Wow. I could yeah. go higher, 67 actually. <laughs> yeah. So, so when you've got a dog that's walking, certainly I'd recommend a harness. But we tend to put that harness on the back of the dog. So the clips yep. are always at the back. And if you think about the dynamics again, that actually allows the dog to pull even more. Um, because they can get even further ahead of us and, and start pulling. Um, what dogs I do? I have them. Yeah, I've got them on a choker chain. Yeah. <clears throat> so, so again, yeah. going back to what I said before, it's, it's a bit of an yeah. old. I, I don't like choker chains for this main reason. Um, Good. It's in Good. it's Thank in the you. name, the choker. It chokes them. Okay. So, yeah. if you think every time a dog pulls forward, you're mm-hmm. just by the very nature of a choker chain, it's tightening up. Okay, so it's choking the dog. So he's trying to get away from you. So if you think about it, it's counterproductive. He's every time he goes forward, it chokes. He tries to go forward even more to get away from it. That's right. So if you change the choker chain and put the harness on, then and and then make the place that you want the best place in the world by treating lots and lots of things, then he's going to want to come back to you as opposed to try and get away from you. Now, would that be the same when we're on the walking track and other dogs are coming towards us? Um, He's got to sniff. And be with other dogs. He likes 
socialising with other dogs. And that's quite but natural another for Another dog. dog doesn't necessarily like him because he's so big. Yeah. Um, putting um, hair up on the back can cause, you know, especially if it's another male dog. Yeah, so because so, you've got one of those bigger sort of powerful breeds, you've got to be quite... Um, tolerant for other dogs and you've got to protect your dog against those so you want to be reading the body language of the other dog to say whether is, is it a right thing to do yeah. they don't always yeah, have to I, meet I can tell yeah. yes quite I can often, always tell quite often I don't let dogs meet because it's just not going to work for them and there's no point putting no. them in a situation hey Wendy lovely yeah. to hear from you I hope you get some improvements there in, in the dragging department with your <laughs> lovely Rottweiler uh, John good morning to you John what sort of dog are you looking at good morning yeah I've got a uh, little foxy cross okay. and she, it's a behavioural thing, and maybe you can help me out with it. Um, when she was little, um, she was really badly abused. Um, she's a little foxy, as I say. And there were th- kids were throwing her against the wall. They were beating her. They were just, you know, really, really gave her a hard time. And That's I, disgusting. When, when I got there, I, I thought, That's it. I grabbed the dog and, and took her away. Good on you. And um, I've had her ever since, and she's, what, 12 years old. But what happens, we've recently moved house, and um, she went missing. Uh, she got out the gate, and she was gone for three weeks. Wow. And that was actually one day short of three weeks. And when, oh, I thought, that's it, she's gone, you know. But anyway, I had it on Facebook, and everybody was looking for her, but um, I was sitting in the lounge, and I heard this, oh, 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 what the hell's that? So I opened up the door, and there she was, and all her ribs were sticking through, her yeah, back legs, I mean, she really... Yeah. But um, just prior to all that, she... I was going to read the police to get her back, but just before that, um, she started lip-smacking uh, a little while back. Like, yeah. You know, oh, okay. Going in and out, and in and out, and in and out, and, and, and yeah. I thought, well, yeah, this is... Something's not quite right there, and she's sort of a bit paranoid about everything. Mm. So I think um, the well, thanks for ringing first of all, John. I really appreciate that. Um, what we don't un- we underestimate the, uh, the the effect moving has on a dog. Suddenly you've ripped your dog out of their normal life and everything was all perfect. I mean, bearing in mind she's had a really bad um, lifestyle, she's now got that security, and then suddenly that's all gone, and she has no idea if it's going to stay the same. So it's about making the the house where she's living the best place in the world. Loads of treats, loads of games, loads of things, just to make her feel really comfortable and confident. That lip smacking is a classic sign of stress. Mm. Um, so it's quite a stressful. I mean, moving is quite stressful for us, isn't it? So you imagine what it's like for a dog when they don't really understand what's going on. I didn't realise that until you pointed that out with Izzy the Waimarana <coughs> licking that top lip. She's mm. nervous. Or yeah. hey, John, thank you so much. We can squeeze in Bill, and I'm guessing it's a Chihuahua, Bill. Am I right? <laughs> no, mate. Uh, <laughs> morning, Bill. Uh, morning, Bill. Thank you. Hey, uh, I got a three and a half year old German Shepherd. Oh. Uh, he's a pretty well behaved fella, you know. But um, I'm trying to stop him from. Running up to running off to other dogs when we're down the park. He only does it maybe ten percent of the time, and uh, no, to try and improve that, you try and get some introductions when you meet people. But people just cross the road and avoid us just yeah. because they're judgmental. Yeah. Um, is there any other way I can get those introductions? Yeah, it's about just randoms. Yeah, I always teach the dogs to. I always teach people with big breeds, or German Shepherds, or guarding dogs to, to show off their skills. So, for the next couple of weeks, when you see another dog walking down the road, just stop rather than walking past. Just stop and say, "Down, sit," and get all those lovely commands. So those people see that you've got complete control of a dog, and then those introductions tend to flow a lot better because they see that it's not this crazy dog that they've imagined. It's actually a really well controlled dog, and it sounds like you've got quite a good handle on that anyway. 
Good advice, as always, from Darren Rowe from Mindfulness for Dogs. How do people catch up with you? Um, you can go to my website. It's mindfulnessfordogs.com, or you can jump onto my Facebook page. That link's all over the place. Um, where else can you find me? Instagram, you name right. it. I'm all over. Or just search for Darren Rowe. You'll find me then as well. Everywhere. <laughs> and thank you so much for the coffee, Darren. It's very, very no kind. No problem.